guys, welcome back. I know we've been kind of MIA over the past couple weeks, but mainly because we both um, have been just really stressed out and kind of focusing on our own lives. Speaking of which, this will be my personal last episode. Amanda will be taking over from here, um, mainly because I'm just really um, struggling right now with my career. I just want to put a lot of focus on that and Um, have kind of just been very, very busy and um, stressed out with a lot of things going on. So I just kind of want to, you know, get some things straight before um, I start to pick up some other fun stuff to add to my weekly routines. So um, like I said, Amanda is going to be taking this over and I'm excited to keep listening because I think she'll do a great job. Um, But just so everyone knows that this is my personal last episode. So on this episode, we will be discussing anxiety, depression, bipolar disorder versus ADHD, how social media can actually lead to mental illness, and to end on a lighter note, our first college go-to liquors. So we kind of jump um from, you know, the mental illness aspect on this episode to a lighter note where, you know, we're giggling about our college lives. Um, But this is an awesome episode, very informative. Um, I personally really enjoyed this episode. It kind of um, was a way for me to vent about what's been going on in my life over the past couple weeks and same with Amanda. So we both really, really needed this episode for our mental health (laughs) Um, but I hope you guys enjoy it. Okay. Yeah. No. Okay. So let me speak to you about my, um, wine though. So, you know, I never drink wine. Yes. Okay. And I went to the store. Which is actually why I'm very surprised you're drinking it right now. (laughs) I know, I know. And I went to the store to specifically get high noons. But for some GD reason, they're all out of them in New York. Are they there too? Yeah, I don't know about the whole state. But when I went to, I went to two different liquor stores and they were completely out of them. Yeah, that's what's going on up here too. The guy said that he thinks it might be the whole Northeast. But he knows for a fact it's all New York State, which is fucking so annoying. I was hoping I could get them in Pittsburgh. Gosh. So I um, got two bottles of red wine because, you know, those bottles in general just catch my eye. They're, like, so fancy and pretty. They are. Uh, and their wine is so good, and it's just so inexpensive. Yeah. Oh, Love wait, it. I thought you meant red wine in general. Are we talking about 19 crimes? 19 crimes, but we can talk about red wine, too, because red wine in general is in fancy bottles. Yeah. For sure. White wine, so it's like, when you drink red wine, you know you can handle stuff. Like, you are that next level. What? What? Anytime, like anytime I would serve someone drinking red wine or anytime I would see someone drinking red wine, they look so fancy, you know, (laughs) they're just like sipping 
Like, I do not care if I stain my lips because I am so perfect. <laughs> like, bougie. Let me get a stain on this white outfit because I can afford <laughs> 10 of them. Well, yeah, I'll just throw this out. But yeah, red wine to me just makes you feel fancy. White wine is like, yeah, everyone's, you know, wine is white wine, you know? But you have to have a certain palette for red. See, I don't like white wine. I used to, but I don't like it anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do, but then again, like wine in general is something that I just don't yeah. drink. So it's like, I mean, like whenever um, I had a full bottle here from whenever I was pregnant, uh, Mark's grandma got us a got me a huge bottle for whenever I popped him up, or well, popped him <laughs> out, <laughs> and um, the, I drank that. You know what I mean? Because we had this huge bottle, but like I won't go to the store and get it. Yeah. Do you like it now, though? What, red wine? Now that you're, um, you mean, wait, white wine, you said? Um, yeah, I mean, like, I, I've always liked it, but, like, I just won't go to the, the store and get yeah. one. Right. Like, this was even a surprise for me to get the 19 crimes. But every time I'm at the store, I always see it, and I'm like, oh, I like it so much, I want to get it. So, I just went out. I love the fact that you got the Snoop Dogg one, because I did not see that one. Well, so it was not with the original set of 19 crimes. Where did you find like, it? was at the cash register. What? Like, it was sitting there. Yeah, it was sitting there with, like, two other bottles. And I look at it. I'm like, I wonder. This is definitely not for display. Hey. And then, so I just was like, yo, can I get one of these, too? And he's like, yeah. He was like, you know, these two together, you get, like, an $8 rebate. And I was like, mm-hmm. Perfect. Even though I'm never going to cash in the rebate, probably. <laughs> Wait, that's so good to know because I'm really disappointed. I went to the liquor store today and I was just looking around. Like, I had no idea what I wanted or like what I even went there for. Just to buy, pretty yeah. sure. But um, mm-hmm. I saw like 19 Crimes and it's a classic, but like I was like, ah, I don't really want to drink like right now. And then I just yeah. tried and find the high noons and I was like, well, there's none left, so that's not going to work. And then, you want to know what I ended up buying? What? You know those little, like, little cans of um, wine? Like, the spritzer wines and all this? Yes, I've been wanting to get them. I bought, like, eight of them. (laughs) Really? Are they good? Because I keep seeing them. Well, I plan on taking them to Sandcastle in the future, so I haven't tried them yet. (laughs) Oh, well, they also have the 19 crimes in those as well. What? For real? Yes. Either they, I don't know if they're spritzers or just wine in cans, like, but they're in legit cans. I feel like they might be spritzers because the way they look. But yeah, it's um, 19 crimes as well because I wanted to get them, but I'm like, I'm not going to drink them separately, you yeah. know? Yeah. Interesting. But yeah, they have those. I'll have to look. But, yeah, I, like, walk around in the wine section, and I, like, look at all these bottles. I'm like, damn, like, these are so fancy. Like, I feel like I need to be, like, on a really hot date or something to, like, drink a bottle. I know, I know. Then you see, like, 60 bucks a bottle. I'm like, if that doesn't, like, taste like gold, then it's not even worth it. Right. Watch it taste, like, complete shit. (laughs) Did you... I can't remember if you said you were going to buy Ashton Kutcher's and oh, yeah. um, Mayo Kunis. I bought two bottles, yeah. Yeah, because isn't it like $50 yeah. for two or something yep. like that? 
I wanted to get it, and then I kept forgetting to purchase it. Uh, it so I'm gonna have to see really if they're good. still selling it. It's really is yeah. it? It tastes like I mean, it's very it's very smooth. Like if I don't know if you've had like cab before, but like it's a very yeah. smooth like red wine. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know if it was like a red blend or what it was. What What got me though is the fact that all the money goes to like a COVID nineteen um like relief fund or something that they did. yeah so. That's what, yeah, that's what I wanted to get it for, too. And then it was pretty cool that you can write something on your own bottle. Even though it's, like, super similar, like, not similar, super simple, it's still pretty cool. Yeah. I didn't do that. Like, I just was so excited about the fact that (laughs) Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher were selling wine. (laughs) So I I bought it out of just, like, like, excitement, but... That's pretty yeah. awesome. Like, if you do get it, that's definitely something you should do. Yeah. It's so dope. Yeah. It's so dope. Well, I really have me as a mom <laughs> that is working from home. I don't have anything going on with my life. <laughs> so, my life has been, well, since last time, literally nothing. <laughs> work hanging out with Jameson and Mark and then going to sleep after getting passed out from the greens <laughs> the greens <laughs> the way I said it just didn't even flow but it's whatever y'all understand yeah you gotta smoke a little because I, I literally since I can't take melatonin because of my epilepsy. So oh, you I have your card now, don't you? What? You have your card, don't you? Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> I got <laughs> the paperwork. I still have to file it. <laughs> but I have the paperwork. So this is still um off uh, black market. Which honestly I probably will continue to get. Like I'll only get like the medicated stuff for me. Yeah. And like for my anxiety, and because I get really bad anxiety at night. Like, yeah, like, really. You really. get really bad anxiety. Like, what happens to you? Like, what do you define as like anxiety for yourself? So myself, and it's crazy because I just read a post today. Like, I was just on um, Instagram, and I saw this little thing from um, "We're Not Really Strangers," and I love their page. Um, and so. This one is just about, like, mental health reminders. And um, the one, there's actually two that, and this can define how I feel with anxiety, um, is anxiety and intuition often feel similar. They are not the same. Anxiety is a consistent what if, and intuition is a moment of knowing. And I always, yeah, and I always confuse anxiety with intuition like the anxiety literally makes me believe you know what I mean what I'm thinking if you're thinking then, something bad the anxiety that's when the anxiety kind of takes over and you like dominates and like makes you believe that that's true right and it's just like it's so funny because I was like thinking about it in my head today which is very strange but you know the song let it go by <laughs> yes so I'm like my brain is saying let it go let it go (laughs) and 
my like anxiety is like, no, 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 you better not fucking let that shit go. <laughs> Don't let that fucking shit go. <laughs> and then, so that's like my biggest thing. And like, so I always have to talk about it. And I feel like terrible, you know, talking people's ears off or anything like that when I have anxiety. But maybe I should get a journal. <laughs> I probably should. That's what my therapist So said. do you, like, just not want to talk when you're anxious? Is that what you mean? So, like, I have um, two different types of anxiety. One, you know, I feel like what most of us have is just super relaxed anxiety. Like, it's like, yes, I'm fucking anxious, but my I'm not getting jitters or anything like that. Um, and that's kind of whenever I kind of think something bad, but then I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever, you know, I can just, I can actually push that through. Um, or if it's like anxiety about, you know, a job or anything like that, but my very bad anxiety, which I've been getting very lately. So I think I just need to up my dosage on my medicine because <laughs> um, it was working very re- well. And then I think I just got used to it. Um, but it's like where. I just start getting jitters and I just want to like crawl under a blanket. Like I literally lay in my bed and turn on the office because the office is the only thing that kind of like lifts my spirits. You know what I mean? I don't want to speak to anyone. I don't want to, you know, anything unless something comes on my mind about that person. Like say Mark, like if a anxious thought comes to my mind about us, I have to talk to him or I have to ask him, which is terrible. And this is my biggest thing. And I feel so bad. And I feel like maybe no one else can relate because I just think I'm psycho. (laughs) But when something comes to my mind and it's like a bad thought, I have to ask him and be like, yay, did this ever happen? Or like, yeah, did you ever do this or anything like that? And I feel bad because it's like a consistent questioning. No one fucking wants that. But that's just sometimes how I cope with my anxiety. And that's like a very small part of it. You know right. what I mean? Compared to a lot. And thankfully, he is, I feel like the only man that would ever meet me that would be able to be okay with that. Yeah. And that's like, the he, thing. Like, that's why you guys are married is, is that's because he accepts that and he understands you, you know, that. At the same right. time, I don't think that's always a bad thing. Like, yeah, I mean, being questioned all the time isn't, like, fun or anything. But at least you get what's out off your mind. Like, there's some people, like myself, for example. But there's some people that, like, everything builds up inside. Like, they think about this stuff, but they don't directly ask. And then that's when I feel like that's when you have those explosions. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then that can complicate yeah. things even more. Oh, for sure. And I feel like, I mean, like... I feel like I'm also that way, like, sometimes, because I will try to, you know, let it go, put it in the back yeah. of my head, anything like that, and then so it would sit there, sit there, sit there, and then I'll just get to a point where I'm super fucking annoyed that it keeps nagging at me, and then I go off. Yeah. I don't know. It just, it's very harsh, my anxiety, like, I remember one time. And I think a lot of it, right, I mean, I've always had anxiety, but a lot of how severe it is right now is to do with being postpartum. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. And because, I mean, like, it, like, slips me into a depression. Like, I feel like a lot of anxiety, you end up having, like, that, like, short depressed stage. right. Because it's your come down. Like, whatever, I don't know what chemical in your body builds all of that 
anxiety up but whatever whenever it's released and finished that just like you know goes back it's like similar to cocaine (laughs) like about cocaine or adderall it kind of has that same effect like your body amps up Mm -hmm. and you're like so happy and so hyper and then you know, whenever the come down happens, you are the most depressed human being. You're just moping around. You know what I mean? Right. And I think that's where a lot of like anxiety, bipolar, depression, they all kind of fall together. Like, because like I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and from my therapist and I really like, okay, so social anxiety, but I overcame a lot of that especially putting myself in awkward situations and I think that when you have a certain type of anxiety like social anxiety for example you put yourself in that awkward position and then you you know you'll be fine you'll go back to your normal self and I think that's what I really like whatever I was serving or bartending I would have like social anxiety a few times you know once in a while when I was working like at the beginning of work for some reason even though I've done this job thousands of times and then you know you put yourself in that awkward situation and then that helps you consistently overcome that you know what I mean same with like parties everything like that like you go to a party you barely know anyone but you you know you put yourself in that awkward situation and then you know Trust me, like, I have put myself in that awkward situation and been a miserable fucking bitch. But then I've also put myself in that situation and had, like, a great time because I was just, like, I'm going to say fuck my anxiety and I'm going to, you know, try my hardest to be fun, yeah. you know? And and I did. And it's, like, you just have to try, right. you know, which is, like, the thing with, like, the social anxiety but I know you've been going through some shit. So you need to um, tell me what's been going on with you. So a lot of it is, is like, so also, so some of it is personal issues, which I'm not going to say publicly, but um, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, living with, living with my dad, as much as I love him, it can be very, very frustrating. We are very opposite people. And mm-hmm. he is one to like, basically just, like, he doesn't care about much, which, you know, having that attitude is good at times. But for me, I'm, like, OCD about my living space. I like right. to be clean. I like my area to be, like, very, not <clears throat> bougie per se, but, like, I want it to be a, cl- a clean area. And I like things to match and stuff like that. Well, right. he's working from home. He has shit splat like everywhere in the dining room. He doesn't clean up after himself. I have every single morning I wake up to do stuff in the kitchen. There's crumbs all over the counter. There's like, like wine spilled on the counter, which like he drinks red wine. So it literally dyes our counter because our counter is like an off white color. So I have to clean up after that. And it's just constant and constant. And I'm tired at like, of having to deal with this and it's just getting to the point where I'm getting so annoyed where it's like, I'm lashing out on him, even though like, I don't like necessarily mean to be rude or anything, but it's just frustrating. So I have that. And I feel like to anyone, it would be honestly, unless you literally don't care. Yeah, exactly. And he like, 
it's just we're very we're literally complete opposite people in the terms of like cleanliness and like how we like our, our home space and stuff like that and it's just not working and I'm like I want to get out of here so bad but <laughs> it's hard because I, I'm stuck here until December um because of my contract but like I want to travel after that so I'm trying to literally leave in January. Like I want to start traveling in January. That's my goal. So I'm like trying to power through these last couple months, but it's just been so like annoying. Like I love him mm-hmm. as a person and I love him. Like he's my father. Like he's awesome. Yeah. Us living together is just not good at all. And we start right. fighting for no reason. Like we get into these big fights and it's just bad. But then I have like, you know, of course, like, my emotional issues too, which I'm not going to go into that because that's just a whole nother level. I don't want people, you know, to know about that kind of stuff, but um, right. dealing with that. But the biggest thing that's affecting me right now is work. Like the shit I've been dealing with at work is just insane. Like mm-hmm. <clears throat> I was telling you this the other day, um, we have this patient and I'm not going to go into super detail because you know, HIPAA, but <laughs> I was just about to say that. <laughs> but so we have a patient and he's like you know older I'm not gonna go and like I said I'm not gonna go into detail but he's older he so wait can you say this he doesn't have any you know mental illness or anything like that just so everyone knows yeah so well we didn't originally we didn't think like so but the way he's just he just acts and treats the staff there's definitely there has to be something going on he's on the spectrum or something. yeah like I think it's more of like anxiety and depression at this point because he's absolutely miserable like treats staff horribly he's just an absolute miserable human being so it's just being around him and his mother really 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 spikes my anxiety because she makes everything 10 times worse she literally is the type of person who if you don't do it her way she will hound you and say things and do things and do whatever she can do until she gets her way if that makes sense now she has no experience in the medical field at all no of course it's always those people who yep you know think exactly and like she has history like this kid had like 15 surgeries apparently and um he had she has like history of like taking care of him at home and he's on like like you know a good amount of care at home that she does mm-hmm. and he goes with like a central line which if you don't know what a central line is it's basically like a line that start like you you can get it in like your chest you can get it anywhere so is it like a pick, yes, line? It's a pick line okay so he has his is a what we call a port though. So it's like a chest port. So it's like in his chest pretty much. To like dumb it down for like, you know, the people who don't know what this stuff is. But right. regardless, so let's for example, so when you run TPN, so TPN is basically like a nutritional fluids that you run through a pick line to help with like your body's nutrition. Okay. So if you, whenever you run TPN through a central line, it is required that you have to change the cap of that central line. And you know what the cap is like where you hook up the line. 
Right. And so, yeah, so we're supposed to change this cap every time we have a TPN change. Okay. Or whenever we, we hang TPN. So Mm -hmm. mom is against doing cap changes every day because she doesn't like anyone accessing his line constantly for fear of central line infections. Now I get that to a point, but if you Mm -hmm. think about it, you're at a higher risk for a central line infection. If you leave that TPN residue stuck inside that tube and stuck inside that cap, it sits there. So it's going to build up bacteria because he doesn't Mm -hmm. run TPN 24 hours straight. He runs it. He's on like a cycle, which he only runs it for like 14 hours. So there's residue that sits there and crusts up and, you know, that's how you get bacteria in her line. But you can't explain any of this to this mother because she does not listen. She will not listen to anything. And every time you go onto your shift, she wants something else done. She wants this done. She, She literally came out. I was in the middle of report and she comes out of the room. She looks at me. She goes, we need albumin for him, which albumin is basically a form of blood. It's a different type of like, it's not red blood cells. Albumin is just like a different kind of, you know, blood cell. But Mm -hmm. anyways, so like she comes out, she's telling me that we need albumin. And I'm like, well, what's what's his albumin level? She's like 2.0. Okay, well, 2.0 isn't great. But at the same time, that that's been his baseline. And when that's your baseline, the team, no one's going to do anything about it because, again, that's your baseline. So right. I'm like, well, I can't do that. Like, I didn't tell her that, but I was like, okay, I'll call you the doctor. I don't know. So, like, yeah. that's the type of stuff that we deal with. Like, she just constantly dictates to us the type of care. And I'm thinking to myself, if that's the way you're going to be, why the hell are you even in a hospital? Like, right. What? Do it yeah, Exactly. Get out of here. Even leave on AMA, get out of here, save us all the anxiety and all these issues and go home and do all your care because they wouldn't even go to the OR. He was scheduled to go down to the OR on Tuesday and refused it because he felt ill. Okay. Yeah. This is the kind of shit that we deal with at work. Like I'm not like, it's just constant anxiety. And what, what kind of triggered me was the fact that I didn't realize it until, like, I was talking to some of the other nurses, like, how bad my anxiety is. Like, I noticed some of the other nurses are so calm and, like, can handle, can handle her so well. But then I'm freaking out, mm-hmm. asking not to have him for, the, for, like, three days in a row. I'm like, I can't do another day of this. I can't. And I, I don't know. Like, it just makes me feel bad. I don't like to be that kind of nurse who's not asking for another patient back ever. But... When my anxiety, I don't, like, I I just, the fear of even walking into work, like, that's the type of feeling I get. I'm scared to do do my job. Like, that's how I feel. Yeah. And are you scared just because of, like, the certain patients that, you know, that you're dealing with now? Or are you just nervous to have those It's, like, kind of both. Like, it's, like, because you get, like, if you work three days in a row, you're going to have the same assignment three days in a a row, usually. So... Mm -hmm. If you're, whenever you get off, like it's great being off work, but then the, my anxiety spikes again, thinking, oh my God, am I going to get like, you know, this patient again, or am I going to get 
like a crazy patient or what am I walking into? That's the, that's the anxiety that happens to me. And I'm trying so hard to get over it because that's the nursing life. Like if you're a bedside nurse, you're always going to have that feeling. And some Mm -hmm. people are just better handling it than others. And I'm trying to work on that and trying to like become confident enough to the point where I'm like, whatever is presented in front of me, I'll be able to handle it and I'll be able to deal with it. But I've only been a nurse for a year and a half. I have a shit ton more years to go. So yeah, I'm not going to have that confidence right away. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that, that definitely comes with time. Like I get the anxiety with it. You know right. what I mean? And like, it's just like consistently. Right. And then when you have like, the worst thing is, is like you have this mother, like constantly like saying, you basically don't know how to do your job. And that is horrible. Like, no one wants to hear that shit. <laughs> like, no one does. Yeah. And to have to listen to it and have to, you know, fear about that is just, it's uncalled for. It shouldn't, shouldn't have to be that way. No, it shouldn't. They should, like, you guys, like, nurses know so much more. Even, like, and everyone says it because I really think it's true. Even more than the doctors. Yeah. Oh, know? yeah. No, we do. And because... And no one understands it, or the fucking patients don't get it. They think that they can be rude to whoever the fuck they please because their child's sick. Okay, yes, I fucking understand. Like, it's probably, you know, so much, like, shit rushing through your head as a parent when your child's sick. Like, you know, I completely understand. Like, the one time I had to run Jameson to the ER, you know what I mean? It's like... So much shit runs through your head, but there's still time to be nice to the people that are taking care of your Exactly. Exactly. People just don't appreciate it. And I'm not trying to say, like, I'm not trying to be needy or, you know, be clingy or anything like that. It's the truth, though. Like, Mm -hmm. we do a shit ton. That's That's our job is literally to try to save these kids' lives. And I just feel like either parents don't understand that, they don't appreciate that. Which, in turn, makes us pissed off. And we're like, well, you know what? If they don't appreciate us, then fuck you. I don't care. You know what I mean? Right. And that's a horrible attitude to have as a nurse. But that's literally sometimes how we feel because it's draining. It is so exhausting and so draining. And a lot of people don't understand that. Yeah. It's like, okay. This is... (laughs) I'm trying to think of the fucking saying. But I think you'll understand what I'm saying because I don't think this is correct it might be but it's like the saying don't shit where you eat yes or something is that the correct don't um oh wait I it's something like that where you yeah but like even that makes sense like you know what I mean like don't piss on what's you know what's going to be good you what good for you or you know what I mean right like and that's what that's what she's doing. That's what patients do, and it's ridiculous. Like, okay, yes, legally, you know, you guys aren't able to do anything to, you know, completely stop care on them. You right. know what I mean? Like, put them in the shitter. Right. But one, you could always have that fucked up nurse or doctor that will do that because yes, there are fucked up people out there, and I'm sure you know there's at least one of those men. Oh yeah, you know. Oh yeah. 
and everyone has a fucked up mind like there's everyone you know what I mean there's not a single person that or not a single group of people or career or anything where you can say no everyone's perfect right you know and so there's that and you just like also just never know what can happen and like and that's also in like other situations like don't just don't fucking shit where you eat because I'm sure they if they act like that to you guys to people who are saving their kid all that stuff like that they're gonna act like that to so many other fucking people exactly like that's a fucking higher definition than a Karen (laughs) you know what I mean like it's a it's a completely different definition it's like worse than a fucking oh yeah yeah like and it just makes you realize like how miserable these people are like and how literally the only way that they enjoy life is to put others down or to, sh- like, basically make others feel bad. Right. I don't understand how she can go home or any of those people can go home at night or after they say those and be like, oh, yeah, that was fine. I don't give a fuck that I mm-hmm. said that. You know what I mean? Like, me as a person, like, I don't know. I mean, yeah, like. I don't think of a, I can't think of a reason as to like be mean like that to someone that's helping at all. And so like after I would say something, if I said something ever like kind of passive aggressive or anything like that, I would shit, even like if it was smallest thing and I didn't mean to sound that way, I would sit there and think, oh my God, yes, I just sound like exactly. Like I was so bad. And then I have to apologize. You know what I mean? Right. It's like. Exactly. I don't know. That's exactly. Yeah. And that, well, that's like the one thing, like the, which I really respected, even though I was already annoyed. Um, when I was working yesterday, some guy I, that I was on the phone with, like came up very harsh and like agitated. And I feel like he might've been able to tell I was like fucking just pissed off at this point because it's like <laughs> midday. I'm almost done with yeah. work. <laughs> And so he was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. You know, if I didn't, if I sounded mean, I didn't mean to. Blah, blah, he said blah. that? And I was like, you know. Yeah. And, like, I've never heard that before. I've never heard someone say that. You know right. what I mean? Whenever I'm working. Like, people, a lot of people just don't give a fuck. And then I was like, oh, no, no, you're okay. He was like, no, that came off rude. I am completely sorry. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, okay. that's normal. Let me take yeah, like, let me take a step. Yeah. Because I'm already heated, ready to just be like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> and it's okay to have bad days and, like, to feel that way. And, like, you know, that's right. fine. Especially when your son or when your daughter is in, like, the hospital. Of course it gets frustrating. But mm-hmm. if you say something or if you do something, it, 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 exactly what you say. Like, how can you not have the conscience or have, like, the thoughts to say, to think after what you said? oh my God, like, I can't believe I said that. Right. But I agree. You see so much shit at work. Like, it's just disgusting. And it wakes, it really makes you realize it humbled. It, honestly, my job has humbled me so, so, so much. And I am thankful mm-hmm. for that. I, I really am. But at the same time, it gets, it gets tiring. It gets exhausting. I come home from work and I'm miserable to my dad. I'm miserable to people I'm talking to. And I don't even mean to be like that. It's just work is just so draining sometimes. And I'm, I'm sick. It's to the point where I like, I'm tired of feeling this way. Right. No, I completely agree. But it's like, so 
do you think you would just want to switch a department or no like See, that's the worst part you- like I love my department I love my like my actual mm-hmm. job I love like I love the concept and the knowledge and the medical stuff about being a nurse I, right. I love my nice patients <laughs> of course yeah but it's these hard times like these difficult times where it's not just difficult it's not just hard mm-hmm. it makes me feel and it spikes my anxiety to the absolute max where it makes me feel like I'm having a breakdown or or I'm depressed I come home from work sometimes and I like cry like just I lay in my mm-hmm. bed and I just cry for like because of something that happened at work and it's like how the hell like why am I doing this to myself why am I doing this to my right. life so like I think about a lot instead of just being like eventually I want to be a nurse practitioner but that's going to be years down the road because I got to go back to school and everything else but like my one friend she just recently got a job as a clinic nurse and she basically just like sees like patients coming in for a follow-up like I feel like that would be something ideal for me especially right now just because I'm just getting so frustrated with having to deal with all this but then I think about like if I'm a clinic nurse I have to go to work five days a week where now I only have to work three days a week you know what I mean so it's like a lose-lose situation but at the same time it's like things I constantly constantly think about and I don't know technically what I want to do like I know eventually like I said eventually I want to be a nurse practitioner but I just want I think the best thing like what's going to make me happy is to just start traveling like yeah it's just and like traveling in general it I don't know there's no words to explain it and I feel like a lot of people should feel this way you just grow (laughs) you know what I mean yeah it's insane like when so like I've been to California when I was younger and stuff like that but when I went whenever I was I think I was just out of high school it was probably like two years out of high school I had like a fake ID you know shit like that so it was probably a year maybe I don't know anyways I went to go visit my uncle and my cousin and my aunt and I went for like Oh, a little over two weeks. And I'm telling you, like, you come back a whole new person because you meet new people. Everyone has different attitudes and different places. You know what I mean? Exactly. And it makes you realize so much. Like, there's so many other Mm -hmm. things out there than just, like, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. That's why I feel bad for the people who never, like, explored anything else. Like, like, traveling, it does. It, like, it almost, like, it changes. It changes like me it changes like my attitude on things and it's been hard because I haven't been able to travel anywhere lately because of, like of COVID mm-hmm. and, and stuff but like I, I don't know just being here in Pittsburgh I'm like I see the same people I see the same shit like I see like the same it's the same bars and half the bars aren't even open right now we can't even do anything and everything closes at like 10 o'clock it's like I can't even live my life here. Like, I can't do anything here that I want to do, which is making me even right. more depressed. Right. And, like, I I completely understand that. Like, I get what you mean. And I feel like if, like, a small town, like, you know, I don't even want to say Pittsburgh small, but it's, like, not huge. You know what I mean? And everyone knows everyone, you know? Like, you know at least one person from, like, every Oh, school. yeah, Absolutely. 
And so it's like to me like that's yeah so small. I you know? And you compare Pittsburgh to um, like New York City, it's literally like an ant. <laughs> oh yeah, a hundred percent. But it's like you know what I mean. I I feel like everyone. Oh, I even want to just take kind of Brentwood into this example because everyone who grew up in Brentwood in previous generations have stayed or came back to Brentwood and lived there the rest of their yeah. lives. And it's like, and I feel like that's kind of like the whole thing with Pittsburgh yes. too. Like, honestly, I want to go back. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, I love it and stuff like that. But I think to say that you were able to get out of it, even if it's like traveling consistently, anything like that, then that's like a huge win because a lot of people don't do that there. Right, exactly. I know a lot of people who don't even fly on an airplane. (laughs) I know, same. Same. I'm like, oh, really? (laughs) I know, and you know what's crazy? Like, I know um, my one friend, his boss, when he was getting hired, um, his boss, um, he basically said, like, he was moving out to New York City at the time, and um, his boss basically said... (laughs) Um, you know, are you going to really stay out in New York City? And he was like, yeah, why wouldn't I? And he's like, because everyone who comes out here from Pittsburgh always ends up back in Pittsburgh. And you know what that like, that's so sad, like that a New York Mm -hmm. City, like CEO, like boss, like knows, knows that. (laughs) Like, that's pretty sad. (laughs) It's yeah, it's just crazy because that's like, because Pittsburgh just brings so much love, but also hatred. <laughs> you yes. know what I mean? Right. You live there and you live there and you're like, oh fuck this place. You know, all of a sudden I feel like anyone in any hometown, they're like, fuck this place. I can't wait to get the fuck out yeah. of here. But then you are an adult and you're either still sitting in Pittsburgh yes. <laughs> or you are gone and like me and you're like fuck I miss Pittsburgh like I can't wait to go back next week or two weekends from now or two weeks from now geez I can't even (laughs) but yeah it's it is true but at the same Mm -hmm. time I don't know like you're right traveling helps you grow as a person like you just see so much out there and there's so much more to explore and to learn from and meeting new people and stuff oh I don't know but it's just been work has been so exhausting so Exhausting. Do you have to find a way to just get, you know what I mean? I mean, I feel like it's going to take a lot of time, especially because you're so under pressure at your job. Right. And you just never know what's going to come. But I feel like there just has to be like a mindset or something that you should be able to do before and after work, like with yourself. Like, um, what are those called that you can read to yourself? Yeah. Well, my thing now, and I just started doing this like this week, is I'll come home after like if I had a really bad shift, I'll come home, mm-hmm. I'll I'll fill up my whole entire water bottle with water. I'll immediately drink like half of it for whatever reason. Drinking water like helps like <laughs> this sounds so wild, but I feel like it helps like calm me. So I'll drink like. I wonder why. I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of crazy. Like. If I just yeah. chug it, like it's not like sips. It's literally like I have to chug it. Like it's almost like I'm taking my anger out on <laughs> my water bottle. <laughs> I'm like, thank God this isn't so alcohol crazy. because I would be hammered every night. 
that would be horrible <laughs> but like I don't know it does help me and, and it calms me and then I go up in my room and I watch one episode of the show I'm currently watching and it does help calm me like it it's a stress reliever for me but I'm trying to figure out ways at work where that feeling that remains with me for 12 fucking hours I don't want to have so I'm trying to like mm-hmm. like find ways to get rid of that but yeah, it's just it's so hard and I feel bad like I never ever ever at not like want to take a patient back like I have never requested not to have a patient back um, I think there was maybe one other time and I don't even think like I think he ended up going somewhere else but like I had to request I couldn't have this this patient a third day in a row I just couldn't it might I have never felt that way in my life ever and you know, so I feel like some of my work friends might think I'm like being dramatic about it. But like, if you put your feet in my shoes and understood like how I felt and like my anxiety with this kind of stuff, it's a feeling I can't even explain. Like, and only those who have true anxiety, like I'm sure you can understand like <clears throat> that feeling where you just feel like you're constantly like walking on eggshells and you think the absolute worst and you don't know what to say. And then that constantly right. runs through your mind and it's just it's awful mm-hmm. it's awful yeah and it's like I don't know about you but I feel like people are like thinking bad things about yes. me or like talking about me yeah and that's like what I brought up to my therapist and that's social anxiety yeah oh I definitely oh, have I... some I definitely do mm-hmm. and here's the biggest issue for like what that I've noticed a lot of people on an outside perspective they confuse social anxiety with insecurities mm-hmm. there's a difference between two like an insecurity is when you're insecure with yourself like you right. don't believe in yourself that's not my mm-hmm. issue I believe in myself. Right. I just can't control right. my thoughts sometimes. I can't control mm-hmm. my anxiety and my feelings. That's the and as much as you, yeah, and as much as you want to be able to control that, there's no handle right. on it. Like, and I don't understand as to why, like, even through therapy, medication, all that stuff. And I feel like it's just never going to until you, like, literally, I feel like you have to train yourself. Yeah. And I don't know how to, anything like that. But as soon as you're able to get a hold on things, I feel like it'll be so much better. Right. But it's just, it's hard to get to that right. point. Like, I feel like, you feel like you're never going to. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. And, I mean, you're right. It's going to, it takes a lot of time. And you have to, you're right. It's a training process. You have to train your mind and train your feelings that way. But it's, it's going to take a lot of time and a lot of effort. So, but it, again, like, I like, like how you said, like, you got to keep exposing yourself because that's kind of how you get over it. It's almost like the same concept as fear. Like if you are f- fearful of something, if you keep exposing yourself to it, you become like mm-hmm. unfearful. Like you don't, it's not even a fear anymore. Right. It's the, I feel like that's kind of similar with some, mm-hmm. some anxiety issues you know yeah you just gotta keep yeah, pushing. right right exactly it's just it's insane how um the mind is and like it's sad mental illnesses are a huge thing and I mean I believe everyone has them and I if you don't have one like even one specific one like a small bit of one I want to yeah you. <laughs> like, because I know 
it's there is at least one like or you at least have like one issue and i read this post the other day that they were saying almost or at least every single person is on the spectrum and i believe that i do i believe we all have an issue yeah 100 percent. and it's like no because it's well one obviously no one's perfect or blah 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 but that doesn't mean anything regarding that but um I definitely think like you all like everyone has a met like an issue like a problem like if they're learning like a small learning disability you know right. what I mean I feel like I, I agree I 100% agree everyone has something and I also feel mm-hmm. like everyone has some form of anxiety like whether you're good at showing it or not Everyone, I feel like, definitely has some form of anxiety. I just feel like some people have it a little bit, like, it's more intensified in some people. You know what I mean? Like, it affects some people a little bit more. And I think it gets, it's something that gets worse over the years if you don't recognize it early. Because I, when I think back on it, totally had it for a very, very long time probably since middle school you know what I mean as far back as I can remember but it was very minor I didn't know what it was you know mental health issues then weren't the way they are now as in like how um, much they're talked about correct you know what I mean they weren't so normalized as they are now and so one I didn't know much about it and if I thought about like, oh, I might have this issue. I didn't want to believe it. You know right. what I mean? Right. So it's like, it's just one thing that just gets worse over the years. You either don't catch it or you don't want to deal with it. And it's just going to keep getting worse because you're in denial. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And that's just how your brain works. <laughs> like, right. You know, and as long as for as long as you're in denial about it, like if you don't want if you don't think about it if you don't care about it or anything like that you can't control there's no way for you to even try to control it like at least for me and you we recognize it and we're taking Uh this proper steps to try to like calm it at least where I feel like people who are in denial those are your crazies because exactly that they're in denial and don't realize they have an issue (laughs) right Um, like, I feel like it can kind of go just a lot worse when you don't, like, when you are in denial. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying, like, oh, you're going to be a serial killer or anything like that. Right. You know? But there's obviously, you know, um, criminals and stuff. And I'm not saying you're going to be a criminal if you don't. You know what I mean? Like, but these are just examples. Like, this is just, it can get to those points. You know what I mean? Because I think every single one of them has a fucking mental issue and obviously it's proven that serial killers have mental issues oh you know yeah what I absolutely mean? right it just can't get to a terrible point so it's something that you need to address and it's normal and if you're giving shit about it tell them to fuck off and they probably have their own goddamn mental issue because they're giving you shit exactly. about it <laughs> like did you ever see the movie the joker like the new joker no i haven't i've been wanting to see it in my eyes, it was unbelievable. I thought the art behind it and the way they presented mental illness was absolutely, like, insanely perfect. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like there was a lot of controversy about it because a lot of people were saying, you know, that they didn't under – they just thought it was an okay movie and they didn't see, like, the big hype about it. And then you had the other group where it was like, this is the best movie ever created – 
you know, that it, it was absolutely unbelievable and all this stuff. Well, um, I just feel like, like if you, you have to watch it because the way that they present mental illness in it is, is like an art and it's just so insane. Like for me, one of the biggest things I feel like that contribute to a lot of mental illnesses, especially in the younger group is bullying. Like when you're bullied Mm -hmm. by, by a bunch of people constantly over and over and over again, you start to drill things in your head and make yourself think things that you should not even be thinking. Do you know what I mean? Right. No, I agree. And that's, I mean, like, I want to see that. I feel like it would be something good to really watch. I don't know. I've just, I've heard things like that about that. Yeah. Like, it's just such a beautiful way of how they like present mental illness. And the people who were saying that it's just average, I don't know if they truly understood that. Like, you really had to like think and really had to like see that, like see the progression of how mental illness can affect you later in life. And I'm not going to like try to, I'm not going to say anything in specific because I want you to see it, but um, it's just such a good movie. It's so good. And it's, it's true. It's, it, it just, it shows how, how like your younger years and how, how the progression of men- like mental illness can affect you in your life and affect others too it's scary yeah um and I honestly so like obviously there's like a lot of forms but there's also like to sidetrack to like kind of more anxiety issues again um like to backtrack um I feel like there's a lot of it to do like what we talked about uh last episode or two episodes ago about social media yes So, like, we obviously can act a certain way on social media. We can look a certain way on social media. And so, one, that can, like, that portrays a completely different person of us. So, you know, this is only one thing that of many things about social media as to where you can have anxiety. So, that that portrays, like, a whole different part of you than what that person can meet. And so, you can act like a whole different person on that spectrum. Um, and then, so whenever you want to meet these people, you're like, oh, I've been hiding behind a screen this whole entire time. Now I don't know how to really act in real life. Right. You know what I mean? And I've heard that through so many people and it ha- happens a lot on dating apps, um, in general as well. And then obviously, um, the, you know, how people look on oh, social yeah. media. It's so easy to like put, you know, a Google picture up and then like, if you're insecure about your looks, you can easily just Google a picture nowadays and just post it as your profile picture. And then there you go. But, you know, you're afraid to see someone in person because obviously what they saw is not who you are, you know. Joe Rogan made a post and his um, daughter took a picture of him, like his face, of him just like, you know, doing the um, kissy lips. Like it was a joke around mm-hmm. thing. And then she ran it through a filter and it turned into a girl and he looks exactly like a girl in it and this is what i'm saying about like you know distorting you like obviously you know you're not gonna from a guy to a girl unless you're trying to catfish someone which is like creepy as fuck but um just like the filters and all that stuff like yes of course we all use them we all have you know fixed blemishes and stuff 
on right. us, you know what I mean? I'm not knocking it at all, but I'm just saying like, these are the things that, you know, bring people down. And like, so he was like, if you want to know how fucked we are and how bizarre filters are and how distorted young women's expectations of beauty are, I present to you this picture. This is me. And so my 10 year old daughter is laughing hysterically because she took a picture of my ugly chimp face making kissy lips and ran it through some satanic filter designed to steal women's self-esteem through pure deception and fuckery. And this is the result. Protect yourself. My friends, the internet is trying to rob you of your happiness. And I think he put that, like, very well said. Very well said. I 100% agree with that. And, like, when I'm telling you, like, he posted his picture of what the, like, the original picture was. And, you know, he has, like, scruffle, like, a beard and all this stuff. And just don't bring yourself down from what you see what on the internet. Exactly. Yeah. Thank yeah. You. Like, first off, I don't believe the Jenners and the Kardashians look as beautiful as they do on on Instagram. Now, am I saying are they beautiful people? Absolutely. I'm sure in person they still look fucking fire. But they are literally, blem- like, poor-free on, <laughs> on Instagram. You right. know what I mean? Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous the amount of, like, we all, like you said, we all use, I'm a big fan of, like, filters. And, like, I, I don't, I, I like, like, um you know, to edit blemishes and stuff. Like we all do something. Right. We all do that. But right. there's a line. And if you cross that line, exactly like what this whole thing with Joe Rogan, like the picture, like that is the extent some of these people go go to. And it's it's sad because you're looking through and you're scrolling through Instagram and you're making yourself feel guilty or feel shitty because you see this beautiful girl. But I guarantee you she does not look like that in person. Right. And that's the thing. Like, I feel like so kind of what you were previously saying, like you're scrolling through and you're looking at these beautiful people, but then you just knew like, okay, I just edited my picture to make it look good. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you're like kind of bringing yourself down on both ends. And I'm not saying don't edit your picture. You do whatever the fuck you want. You know what I mean? To make yourself feel good. Like if it's to get likes and make yourself feel good, then, you know, edit your picture, do whatever. I don't give a fuck. But a lot of it stems from like me scrolling and be like, oh my God, I just edited my blemishes out in this one picture. And this girl has no blemishes and this is an edit picture. You know what I mean? It's like a common in between everyone, it feels like. Right. And I read another thing today or the other day about if there was a drug that caused the same side effects of social media, it would be banned immediately. That's so true. Yeah. And I think that's like a great way to put it. Like that is just it's so, so bad for you. It is. It's so it's it's so bad. Social media alone is almost like an illness for people it really is and like there's this one person that I follow she even admitted she's like Twitter is my diary like I have to tell everyone everything for me to feel better and like for me to get it off my chest like that's so bad because then you have like mm-hmm. you're announcing your whole life and your whole personal life in front of all of these people and That's when you get into issues and you have issues and then people start saying shit about you, which makes you feel even worse about yourself. Like, that's so bad. 
it's just insane. Like, she just recently had, like, a miscarriage. And she posted it all over social media before her husband even found out. Oh, my God. And she was on social media, like, the whole entire time. And everything like that. And, like, okay, I mean, people cope with things differently. But... I think that's a line. That is very much a line. Very. That's a line that, yeah. And it's like, yeah, whatever. You cope with things differently. But me and my cousin were talking about it. We were like, we would never even touch social media because we'd so, be so fucking depressed yeah. and so upset. That's what for- I mean. Like, to even put something like that on social media, like, oh my right. God, that hurts. That makes me, like, hurt. Right. And it's like, it's one of those things where you also think she's just doing for attention, it for attention. Yeah. Yep. And it's like, are you really that like attention deprived, especially if you're influencer and they're right there seeing that someone that you are jealous of, like people are jealous of is craving attention right there. We're not all perfect right there. We all have fucking right. issues. You know what I mean? Exactly. That we're dealing with. Exactly. But it's crazy. But yeah, so we all fucking issues, you know, no matter who we are. Yep. Anything like that. Yep. And it's just it's it's just so hard. Like there's times where like, you know, and I think social media just I feel like complicates everything as far as like these kind of issues makes your anxiety worse. It makes any type of mental illness worse. It makes you feel like guilty, like depression has been spiking like. You know, it's just, right. It's it's sad. It truly is. It's it's very sad, and right. Like that's the other thing. Like depression. Oh my god, I could go on and on about it, but mm-hmm. I feel like depression is such a big issue in this world, and I don't think it's getting enough attention. Like, I, no. Like I I feel like like I've seen so many of my patients, like kids that are literally ten, twelve years old, that are beautiful kids are they should be the happiest that they they you know that's their time to thrive that's like you know when I was like 10 or 11 12 I was like living my best life like I didn't care about anything anyone like I was just happy as a clam you know you didn't understand much of you know anything other than you just want to have fun and play around right and I see these some of these patients that come into work and oh my god like they're so depressed and they're sad about their life or they understand that like their parents got divorced and they don't they're sad because they want mommy and daddy to love each other forever. Like that's literally what a patient said to me before. And I wanted to just ball because I'm like depression like people are not giving depression like they're not giving it the attention that it should have. Like it's such a serious issue in this world and I feel like so many people that's why suicide is so high right now is because people get depressed and then it leads to that and you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I do, I think it's an, I think, I really do think it's an illness and I, I don't, I can't believe the people that are literally like, well, you know, that they just kind of brush it under, under the carpet pretty much, you know, and right. they, they shouldn't have, they should have reached out to someone. Maybe they tried to reach out to people. Maybe people just didn't care. Didn't want Yeah. They just didn't want to talk. You know exactly. what I mean? And it's, and it's bullshit. Like, okay, I understand the whole thing that you can be talking someone's ear off and you just are like, and that person's just like, you know, oh, yes. 
And I know there's people out there that probably said, hey, you know, I, I this is just too much for me. You know what I mean? Go talk right. to someone else. Right. But they just never had the balls to. They felt comfortable talking to you. Right. Like, just to me, I don't know. Me as a person, if anyone, even some fucking person, I had, I have no idea wants to fucking talk to me about something or open up about something and like it's bothering them fucking do it you yeah. know what I mean like just be a I listener a right and that's all you have to do you there's no solving problems you don't have to solve a goddamn problem you're just there to fucking listen until they ask you for advice or they ask you yeah. you know what they should do and then you can put your input but as soon as they start talking shut the fuck yes. up Let's yes. be engaged in the conversation. And that's it. No one does no. that. Everyone, everyone believes that they like they're being too much of a burden on that person. Right. So they'll stop. Too many people are like talkers. Like, we'll put it. So if like if you're a talker, you want to express like your own issues. You just don't want to listen to anyone else where I feel like in this world, especially right now, we need more listeners because that's where the issue is coming from. Like everyone just wants to gab about their life and how perfect or how unperfect it is. But if you have someone coming up to you talking that, uh, and you can tell like they're depressed or they're sad or they want to vent about something, just sit and listen to them. It takes two minutes. It just, we need more people like that I feel like it just sucks because I feel like that thing that's never going Mm -mm. to change you know what I mean right because it's just people I don't there I mean yes I completely agree I have been one of those people to listen but then you know you do at one point there it does get a lot yeah you know what I mean but I feel like it has to be like one of those things like to me it was I just wasn't believing this person that they had an issue because I've seen real issues you know what I mean yeah and which is which sounds horrible because they could have had an issue and them not being dramatic but they were like known for being dramatic which also sounds like horrible to me to say but you know anyways it was just a repetitive issue that was going on for, uh, I want to say six years. Oh my God. Yeah. So it was going on for like six years. And it's just like at that point, stop. Yeah. You know, and what I, I agree mean? with that. Like if, if you have a repetitive issue and you can tell that they're not changing anything or they're not doing anything to help themselves or to help the situation, I feel like that's a different story. You know what I mean? Right. Especially like, you know, a situation like that. Number one, I did not know you were diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Yeah. Number two, what is it? I really think, so there's obviously different forms. The one she diagnosed me with was very mild. And because I will go on periods where, you know, I really, because bipolar disorder in general is just very high highs, very low lows. You say a high high, do you uh, mean like happy feeling, like a high feeling? yes and like you'll talk and you know you keep talking 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 and you don't shut up and like it's just like everything's kind of like rushed I don't know how to put it like you're on like Adderall or exactly okay exactly and um 
so that's a high high and then you have your decline where it's just the depression stage um but to me like it's so weird because I think I was misdiagnosed because all my stuff didn't match up with bipolar disorder like I would go on shops like minimal shopping sprees and stuff like that. Like not crazy. Like I'm not spending thousands of dollars, but I couldn't stop myself from like going somewhere and buying something, you know? So that was like a sign of um, like bipolar disorder. And then there will come times where like I'm talking to my parents and these are the ones that I remember specifically. And I was talking to my parents and I just kept talking, 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 talking and just kept getting faster. And like, I kept talking faster, you know, my parents like, okay, you need to stop like relax like you know what I mean just right. stop <laughs> and then yeah and then like the next days you know after all of this you'll just like calm down and then just like go in a little decline like I was really I never really recognized it as depression I was just like oh I'm sad you know what I mean yeah. like I don't know like this is a thing like I just feel like I've never grown up with that being recognized in our family at all that's crazy and yeah, and it's, like, I know, like, whenever I step back, and I'm, like, okay, these people had depression, these people had anxiety, but you know what I mean, in our family, but, like, why was this never brought up as a topic? Yeah. And so, that was, like, so, like, I never recognized it, but, um, so she said I had, you know, a mild form of bipolar disorder, and so it makes sense, it does, but bipolar disorder and ADHD get mixed up and I have a lot of bad troubles and I've always had it since high school focusing and like being able to study I never studied because I couldn't focus and read something and understand so do you have ADHD as well I think it's not bipolar I think it's ADHD because ADHD has the same exact symptoms that bipolar does but it adds on a few. And those few are exactly what I have. Right. And I don't think it's probably, like, as big of a decline as bipolar disorder is and, like, as big of an up. I think it's exactly what I have. Like, I think it's, like, the high anxiety and then the bipolar disorder. But it adds, like, not being able to focus. You right. know what I mean? Like, all that stuff. I have to make sure, like in the mornings I will forget that I and it's like forgetfulness so I'll forget I did one thing and then I have my coffee sitting on my Keurig for like a half hour because I completely forgot I brewed yeah that's the same you know? I, I got diagnosed with ADHD that's literally the same with me like I, I forget stuff so easily and I didn't I haven't gone to anyone about it like and I keep trying to call the psychologist but I keep forgetting to and they're only open out a certain amount of time because I need to get medication for it. And I know I do, you yeah. know what I mean? And because it's so bad, like me trying to study for my PNC license, I couldn't. Cause you can't focus. I, I can't yeah. focus. And whenever I'm taking the test, I have to read things out loud to even try to understand it. And when I like, I will one, you weren't allowed to read out loud. Because it was, like, over the computer and they're looking at you and they said you can't put your face or put your hands towards your face. You can't read out loud, anything like that. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was su- it's super fucking strict. So I'm trying to – I'm sta- sitting there staring at it, reading it, reading it, reading it. And this thing's timed and I cannot understand what it's saying. 
So there's just like points where I just picked a certain answer because I couldn't comprehend it, you know? And I think that's a huge reason as to why I failed. And a lot of people don't understand. So they like, my bosses didn't like, I don't want, like, I don't want sympathy at all. You know what I mean? But they weren't like understanding about it. Like, okay, we need to help you with this then, you know? So yeah, I definitely think I have ADHD other than bipolar. Dude, you gotta get Adderall. I'm telling you, that stuff. I, I'm on 20 milligrams, and it saved my life in nursing school. I'm not even you. That's how I passed my NCLEX. I still blame it on my Adderall. Well, so I was gonna take Adderall, and I was like, okay, obviously I have to research because I'm on seizure medication, oh, yeah. and I have epilepsy. Right. And so I researched it, and it lowers the threshold so much because I was like, okay, maybe if I just take it, like for the times that I have to study and for the test, I will be fine. You know what I mean? I won't have a seizure, but it lowers it by so much that it's like, you can't, I, if I even took it, I probably would have a seizure. Or if I took it twice, I'd probably have a seizure. Or at least I feel like complete shit, you know? So I don't even know what medicine I could even go on for ADHD. Is Ritalin, yeah. but Ritalin is very similar to Adderall, so it probably has the same effects on your seizure meds. Probably. So it's it would probably have to be like they would have to give me like a um, honestly probably a certain marijuana strain. That's all I can think of. Marijuana can help with ADHD. I don't know. I feel like it can help with everything. <laughs> helps with anxiety and depression so why can't it help with ADHD and it helps with seizures it helps with all my issues so it needs to help with ADHD too I want to make everyone aware that Amanda is is medically like licensed to have marijuana she's not just like illegally smoking marijuana yeah smoking marijuana is not bad for you if if anything it's literally going to make you eat junk food (laughs) you gain weight yeah it's gonna help you gain weight but like that's like the only thing that like i mean yes i'm sure bad things have happened when people were high but i bet you there was other things involved yeah you know what i mean or there's probably alcohol involved anything like that so no and you can't get addicted to pot <laughs> you can only feel, like <laughs> to me it's like you feel comfortable with it, and that's what's helping you. So that's why you want to yeah. do it. And it's like it's not like a gateway. You know right. what I mean? Right. If it was a gateway, there's no way in fucking hell I'd be doing it. Not like, like you crave <laughs> it to the point where it's unhealthy. Like you, you right. smoke it to help you with your with your issues. It's not right. Right, and I, like I'm on medication, so if I feel like I don't need it, I'm not gonna fucking right. use it. You exactly. know. But yeah, but I would like rather. If we were in a party situation, I'd rather smoke weed. Like, I wish that was more normalized than drinking. Oh, I do, too. I do, too. Because, like, I, I mean, like, I get the whole thing of drinking. Like, it's a socializing matter. Weed's a little bit harder to socialize because you're all just kind of, like, relaxed and chilled. But, yeah, yeah and, like, drinking's just, you know, you're – you can get up, you know, talk to people. You feel a little bit more loose, yeah. you know. There's so more there's... of a risk to, to, like, get injured or, like, hurt yourself with drinking, too. Yeah. No, I agree Like, for that. example, the party in Southside we attended. 
Now you're gonna have to help me out on this one because I don't remember everything. Okay. But we it was my friend's party and it was a fifth and a friend. So we go. And there's this thin, cute little girl. Like not little, like underage. She was our age. Like Yeah, she was probably like five two though. She was short. short. Very short. Very short, very thin, very yeah. skinny. Cute, very mm-hmm. sweet girl. But mm-hmm. by the end of the night, she was literally I swear I thought she was dead. I'm not even kidding. Yeah. Well, that's what everyone thought, yeah. right? Like, we all kept coming up to her. And, I mean, I think it was you, didn't you? You literally go, I know how to check a pulse. And just grabbed her. <laughs> yes. And, like, to this day, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I don't know how I learned that. Because <laughs> it's like, I didn't go to fucking school or anything. <laughs> yeah. And... I don't know where I learned it. I must have, like, been bored and practiced it on myself. (laughs) Like, I didn't go to medical school nothing. So, and I feel like that's, like, one of the only places that are, like, a CPR class or something like that. And I didn't attend any of those. So, either I learned it off of Grey's Anatomy or, or I, like, was literally bored. And I can see me being bored is the reason as to why I learned it. But... Yeah, no, I was like, I could check her pulse. I know how to check a pulse. And so we timed it. And what? It was I don't either normal or like a little bit below normal. I think her pulse ended up being okay. But the issue was she just was completely um, unconscious. Yeah, like completely. So who ended up calling the uh, paramedics? Dennis? I don't know. I know we told them. Yeah, to. I remember that. Yeah, like, I remember we were like, no, get all the underages. And I was underage at that time. Yeah. I was like, kick everyone out that's underage. And then they ended up kicking every single person out other than, like, there was, like, five of us. It was, like, all the close yeah. friends. And then we, what, we took her upstairs for the time being while everyone was leaving, right? I. And then we called 911. I don't know. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure we brought her upstairs because I remember for some reason going upstairs and then we took her back downstairs or they something came, like that. Maybe they came upstairs to get her because she, they, I'm pretty sure she left on um, a stretcher. She did. So yeah, we had them call and then the EMTs came and they were like, Pitt students would never have done this. I <laughs> Do you remember yeah. that? They're like, we have like, witnessed so many like I guess they had a bunch of like deaths and stuff yeah. like that from them never calling and like if we didn't get her there she would the medics died. literally said we saved her saved her life yeah that was insane yeah. that was so God. like even the partiers of that party were like concerned and that's when you know there's an issue I will always remember that story and honestly there was a point where I forgot about it and then I went on to my old snapchat and I was scrolling through, and I'm like, oh, my God, we saved this girl's life here. <laughs> what the yeah, fuck? That picture you posted on the Anything Goes um, Instagram page, I think that was that night, was it not? It yeah. was. And it's so funny, the quality of the camera. <laughs> it's so terrible. It's so bad. It had to be, I think I broke my um, iPhone at the time. I mean, the quality on the cameras then <laughs> were still terrible. But this was like horrible so I think I broke my iPhone like the newer one at the time and then I had to go back to my iPhone 4 so I had to jump back like what it was like two generations or three generations 
And so it was just hor- absolutely terrible. Terrible. And what's even worse is the fact that I chose Pucker Vodka to pre. Yes. I saw that and I'm like, why? Why do we do that? Why? Whatever possessed me is by Pucker. Oh my God. I will go on like my Facebook and I'll look at all the pictures that we post and stuff like that. And I see pictures (gasps) of like me and Rans, us, you know what I mean? Like us just drinking this cheesiest shit. What would what were we doing with our Do you lives? Remember like, Blue Wave? <laughs> yes, that was my first drink I've ever. Okay, not my first drink I ever had. Like my parents let me drink when I was very young. <laughs> and me and Randy, like we said, we drank when we were very young together. Um, but no, that was like my first party yeah. drink. Like whenever I went to a party, that was like my Dang. drink. I brought a whole handle <sighs> of Blue Wave every party, and when I was a sophomore, <laughs> that was my go-to. Uh, blue wave and then came the great four locals oh yes but then those got recalled because if you had four you die (laughs) (laughs) so then came blasts i see i never had those oh my god they were so good and it was like they didn't have the um energy in it like the blue or not the blue A's like the four locos had I think they had like kind of like an energy drink inside of it and the blast didn't so that was a part where it was more safer and I remember me and my friend Amanda at that time we were at um our friend Bree's house with our other friend Mackenzie (laughs) and we were in high school I think we were in like 10th grade and we had bunch of blasts I think there was like six of them and so each had wait no then there was eight yeah so there was eight of them or something like that we each had two of them and I'm telling you me and Amanda went on a whole nother level like we like browned the fuck out at that point we were just we like hid <laughs> because we thought the cops were coming meanwhile Brie lives in the like the hollow so <laughs> no one's gonna come to a house in the hollow they're only gonna come for the parties on the hillside (laughs) and we just like hid for some reason like they weren't gonna find us if there were cups like it was right behind the couch oh my god (laughs) and i remember us like crawling to um brie's bar that they have in the back and like we were like army crawling over there (laughs) you've gotta be kidding no, and it's like the next morning I was completely fine. We had no hangovers. Like I have a picture from the following morning with Mackenzie. Like, we Dude, fine. that's how it always was back in the day. Like we would drink until our liver was basically nothing, wake up and be completely fine and do it all over again. I miss that. I literally drink like three trulies now and I feel like death the next morning and I'm like, oh my God, how the hell did I survive college? <laughs> right. And it's I like it only gets yeah. worse. And that's a bad thing. Like, I'm not ready for it to get worse because it's been bad for me. <laughs> Remember, I started early, like, really early. My stomach lining is just weak as shit. It's probably because of all the whiskey I drink. It's just completely destroyed at this point. It, it's destroyed. <laughs> but, yeah, like, I remember the one time my stomach lining was really bad for a point. I had to stop drinking. 
I had one Bud Light. I don't know if you were with us. We went to Eaton Park after. I had one Bud Light. We went to Eaton Park, and I vomited in the bathroom. Oh, my God. I wasn't drunk. Yeah, I wasn't drunk. I drove. You know what I mean? I was completely sober. I had one fucking Bud Light and went to the bathroom and vomited. That's so crazy. Yeah, I think after that night, I stopped drinking for, like, maybe a few months to, like, you know, rebuild my lining. But I also feel could relate to your meds that you're on. So, yeah, I was on my medications in sixth grade. And they already said that whenever you drink, it's going to lower your threshold. So the one drink will act like two drinks. Uh, Two drinks will act like four. You know what I mean? But I've had so many drinks you know what I mean at like one time like I would have a bunch of shots like probably like three or four shots and then I'd have like four beers or something like that and I would be fine when we were in high school like yeah like we got the cheapest fucking whiskey forget what it's called god remember what it's called but we got the cheapest whiskey on our senior trip I would drink Everclear in our whiskey and I was or not whiskey geez I mean vodka there wait you drank Everclear vodka yeah, well, we, yeah, so we drank Everclear. Our friend brought Everclear. And we drank a cheap bottle of vodka. I don't know why I said whiskey. I think it's because I'm looking at my whiskey on my bar. So um, we brought down, like, it was like four handles of, uh, it was Nikolai vodka. So we would just drink Nikolai. And a lot of it, we would just drink it straight because it was like nothing. Um, and then we would drink the Everclear and I'd be fucked up. Yeah. But I would never puke the next morning. I was fine. And I, you know, didn't have any problems with my stomach, but then after like two years after when I turned 22, my stomach was shot to shit. Yeah. But I literally cannot do that anymore. Like there have been, I think it was recently actually, um, was it last weekend? Yeah, it was last weekend. So my friend, she had, it was her husband's friend who came in from out of town. So all of us were hanging out together and it was so much fun. Like we had a blast, but we just kept drinking and drinking and I blacked out and I haven't blacked out since (coughs) I blacked out like like a couple months ago. And that was literally like the first time since like college. Like, I, like I brown out every now and then, but like blackout, blackout. Like I haven't in a long time. But I right. like legit blacked out last weekend. And thank God we were at her house because apparently I just like passed out on her couch. And it was so funny. She took a picture of all of us in the morning, and it was <laughs> literally this one guy who, <laughs> who, who was the guy from out of town. And then it was me and my friend on each side. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. I swear nothing happened. <laughs> we all <laughs> passed out. We're like having like such a good conversation. And then I blacked out. And I remember, um, I guess I was the first one to fall asleep. And then like, it just kind of was a domino effect after that. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it the best though? So like whenever you're like even a little bit tipsy, but... When you're at that point where you're drunk and you close your eyes and you start to feel yourself slipping into a sleep, yes. like a deep sleep. And it's like, oh, fuck. 
I, I want to hold on. Yes. I, can't. I gotta stay awake. It was so hard because that's exactly like what um our friend was saying. Like he was like, Felicia, you literally were like mid conversation, but your eyes were just completely shut. And I'm like, oh my yes. god. <laughs> oh my god. All right, guys. So thanks for listening to this week's episode. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, sorry we had a little break. We've just been dealing with a lot of personal shit, right, Amanda? <laughs> yeah. We um are going crazy. And so <laughs> if you see that we were in the mental hospital, <laughs> mental hospital don't be yeah, surprised. Don't be <laughs> <laughs> but seriously. <laughs> but we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And we will catch you next week for our next episode.